Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 79. And on today's edition of the Ask Sam and Tim show, we're going to share our business hacks. So stay tuned. I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab Thursday edition. I am your co-host, Samantha Riley, joined by the dapper Tim Hyde out in the sunshiny weather there, Tim. I am indeed. I've decided to record out of my courtyard today. It's a little bit of a sun trap. I'm going to enjoy the last vestiges of warm weather before winter hits you know i'm sure we're gonna have some nice winter days but uh absolutely i love it i was just outside myself uh but it was a little bit noisy out there so i decided to come inside but i actually also thought i was getting a little bit sunburned i don't know where today came from yesterday was freezing i had the heater on but today is absolutely stunning like so. I think enjoy it while you can. So I'm out here with my dog who's enjoying the sun as well. <laughs> Love it. So today we're going to be talking about business hacks. Yeah. Now these are really cool because this, obviously business hacks are, are you know, t- ways that we can save time and increase our efficiency in business. Uh, and we've come up with 10 that we think are pretty cool. Obviously, there's a lot more than 10 and you might have your own, which we'd love to hear about as well. But we've come up with 10 of our favorites and some that we didn't know that each other were using as well. Exactly. We surprised each other. Both of us were like, oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> That's right. So you can just suggest you guys to prove that you can always learn from somebody somewhere and find some really cool stuff that you might be able to incorporate into your business practice and, you know, gain some time back and increase your efficiency of what it is that you do. Absolutely. So... Should we just jump straight in? I think so. You know, yeah. first business hack is obviously just get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah. Oh, that's your bonus. You've got a bonus one before we've even bonus started. Hack. Bonus, bonus hack. hack, just get into it. But the first one is time blocking. Now, what do you mean by time blocking? Time blocking is something that I learned from my very first business coach back in, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s. Not that you're showing your age there at all. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> when I was five years old. That's right. <laughs> and it was, this one really actually saved me from a personal level where I was actually really, really burnt out and very stressed. 
in my business. And, and this was the very first thing he took me through because he realized that I couldn't steer the ship while I was this burnt out and stressed. So, and time blocking is all about sitting down with your calendar and putting the important things that need to be done every single week at a specific time in your calendar. And now there's three different areas that you need to put in there. The first, and this is where I was going wrong and now I don't, the very first thing that you have to put in there is the things that are really important to you. Going to the gym, going out for coffee, spending time at the beach, whatever it is, your personal time gets blocked in first. The second thing that gets blocked in is the kinds of things that we need to do to work in the business, our client calls, you know, coaching calls, whatever it is. And the third thing that needs to go in is working on the business. So setting up new marketing funnels or, you know, whatever it is, set marketing time. And I know, Tim, that you use time blocking as well. I do, yeah. So I've got things that are important to me, like I coach my son's rugby team. So at 4.30 on a Tuesday and Thursday, those times, you know, till 6.30, those times are unavailable. Same thing on, on Saturday. Um, I do take calls from my clients in the US on Saturday mornings, but, you know, that's rugby comes first, right? Because I coach team and I've got a bunch of kids that uh, enjoy and I, and I enjoy it as well. Um, likewise, I, I block out time on a Friday afternoon to, you know, to spend time with my wife. We, we actually finish our week a little bit earlier and we spend some time together, you know, just away from kid because he's still at school. Yeah. Reflecting on our week and, and, and seeing what we want to, you know, what's, you know, celebrating our wins, enjoying a glass of champagne or just going to the pub and, you know, catching up with some friends. So we, we try and do that every week. doesn't always work like that. Sometimes that Friday afternoon is used as a catch-up, but that's block, blocked out. One of the things that, that I also do, and I know you do as well, Sam, is actually with that time blocking, is colour coding in as well. Mm-hmm. So we I know, definitely do. Yeah, so at certain times of the week, you know, that's even if it's just to sort of put into an appointment, a recurring appointment every week, it's colour coded that that's when I do my client calls and that's when I do my coaching calls and so on. Yeah, so. yeah. Something I didn't mention, it's just popped in, and I, I do want to mention this because I, I believe this is really important. When you're putting in the, your personal time blocks, also put in there that your you know group coaching calls that you may be paying for for you from your mentors because I find that a lot of people will say oh you know I can't go onto that that coaching call today because I've got a, a client and it should be the other way around you should be on those group coaching calls moving your business forward and so that you can you know grow your business and, and yeah. do whatever it is you need to do yeah, so no. education in there as well I know what you mean. I, I see the same thing with networking as, as, as people who listen to this podcast regularly know I do a lot of face-to-face networking as well and I constantly see people who are not in the room because they've got a client they have to deal with. I'm yeah. like, well, you know, you're not letting your client respect your diary. Uh-huh. This is the thing that you do at this particular time as part of your business development activities. You deliver work to clients at other times. Yeah, control your calendar. Don't let your calendar control you. That's right. Now, second one. Now, this is one that we both do a little of, but I surprised you with one here. And that's around. You did. You did. That's around voice recording. We have dead time during the day, either on a walk or sitting in the car, driving between appointments. And that is using both sort of voice recorder on our phone, but tools like rev.com and otter.ai which is one that you had I've not heard of otter.ai, so I'm super excited to get off this podcast and have a play. <laughs> right, to, to record what it is we're doing, and we really want to create, want to create some sort of leverage with it. Right? So if you've got a thought uh, and you want to record it somewhere, you don't always carry around pen and paper, um, just grab your voice recorder out on your phone and, and, and get it down you know, somewhere that you can come back to later, or even using the tools we talked about, Otter and, and Rev, 
to actually have it transcribed and you can create some leverage that way as well. So you could be busting out a podcast, like a, you know, your next blog post while you drive the kids to school. And which is normally where it drops in, right? When you're in the car, when you're in the shower, you can't use your voice, but your phone in the shower, I get it. But, you know, when you're on a walk, it's not, it's not when you're in the office normally, it's when you're out just with your brain switched off. And I see Tim's really laughing here. Yeah, Sorry, well, I, I didn't I have make found, surprising. I have found my son in the shower with his phone inside a Ziploc bag watching Netflix. <gasps> No way. Oh, wow. Okay. Pretty hard to record using your phone in a, in, in a snaplock bag. But anyway, uh, you know, that's when these thoughts come in. So you can very easily, if creativity hits while you're out on a walk, just speak out your blog post, send it off to Rev, and it, it'll come back to you the same day, all transcribed, ready to go. Yeah. Now, it's not necessarily going to be perfect. Both of those tools, you know, they're going to take your voice and, and transcribe them. You know, it's going to get you sort of 80, 90% of the way there and you can just do that little bit of touch-up and saves you lots of time. Which brings us to the third one. Be strategically lazy and find your multiplier. That's I right. like This is Tim's. I'm going to hand it over to you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I love, the, I love the whole strategically lazy thing and I think it's – and strategically lazy is not being a lazy business owner. It's just being more efficient with how you do things. Yeah. Uh, we both talked uh, a lot, Sam. I know it's one of the sort of foundational elements of the program that you teach your clients, and I do the same as well with mine, is that we create a model that is the focus of our view of the world, I guess, uh-huh. our view uh-huh. of what it is that we deliver to customers. And when we're being strategically lazy, what we want to do is continue to sort of come back to how we deliver both our content and our programs around that particular bit of content, around that sort of that framework that we've developed. So you can reference back to if you've got your, your genius model, uh, and you call it something else, I know. Yeah, I'll go through an authority model with my clients. Basically, your authority model with your clients. You know, we want to sort of reference that, and that's going to be the foundation for pieces of content that we create, for those thoughts that we put together. If we're sort of asked to do a podcast, we're going to come back to that. If we're creating you know, a new, a new lead magnet or some value, a value campaign that we're going to deliver through our automation. We want to reference back to that model. And that's what I mean by being strategically lazy, looking at how do we create leverage in what it is we do, not just in terms of content, but also in terms of delivery of, to our, our customers as well. If you can deliver in a group context or one-to-one, think about delivering in a group context as well. That's being strategically lazy. So the using models, using frameworks, using templates, not cookie cutter, that's not what we're talking about here, but using different tools in our business so that we can fill the gaps faster and cut out that thinking time. That's what that's about. And making sure that we're always focused in our delivery. Yeah. And look, it only takes a couple of, you know, look, if we do a, a task a thousand times a year and we can save a few seconds each time, it starts to really add up. And that leads us on to the fourth one, of course, which is around canned responses. Yes, and I love that you brought this one up, Tim, because this is something that I've only just started using. I'll be a bit vulnerable here. It took me a couple of years to figure out which canned responses and how to use them because I, I was very much aware that I didn't want my emails to come across like they were a canned response. Yeah, so it did... Ha- yeah, well, I still wanted them to sound personal. So this did take me a little bit to get and I sat down with the team and we talked it through and worked it through and we finally come up with something that's working really well for us. I think what we're looking for here is is how do we use, I, I guess, our email more efficiently? Mm-hmm. And 
yes, there's yeah, there's the sort of automation path that we can go down to in terms of delivery of content, but we're talking more here about how we create as a from efficiencies in the management of our email inbox. And canned responses is one or templates. I'm the same, Sam. I've got probably five or six, I guess, you know, templated responses. Some of them uh, I don't change at all. So if someone says, hey, you know, can we find time? I'll do either a keyboard shortcut or, or a template that says, hey, no worries at all. I'd love to catch up. Here, you know, find a time in my diary. It's probably going to be easiest for you. And we can use that through our social media chat, you know, interaction as well as as well as an email using keyboard shortcuts. But also things, I think this also goes down into things like, you know, setting up some rules and filters in your inbox so that automatically, you know, color codes or or filters and labels particular sort of email threads, you know, in relation to a particular client or, Sam, you mentioned earlier that if you're getting mentored by somebody else, you know, color code there so that when you respond and hit that send an archive button, it's going straight into that relevant folder in that inbox relatively clean. Totally. I do just want to pop in here for just a minute, Tim, if just for any of our US listeners that were just listening to Tim talking, he doesn't mean that he gives his clients his personal diary to read. He meant his calendar. I know, that, I know that I, uh, a big shout out to Super Joe Pardo, who one day said to me, I don't want to read your diary. <laughs> He's like, and I'm very confused why you would want me to. We call... Yeah, it's the calendar. <laughs> it's the calendar. But hey, we can certainly be more efficient, all right? And just that, a couple of rules when you start a relationship with someone can actually start to create huge amounts of productivity on the back end as you go through that relationship. Absolutely. Beautiful. Which brings us to the next one. Listen to videos and podcasts at 1.5 times the speed. I like this one. I know. It's something that most people don't know that you can do, right? No. Playback on YouTube and on your now your ebooks and whatever you can actually change the speed that they're played to you. And as podcasters ourselves, we often slow down our voice, so we're easy to understand. But once you get used to someone's voice and you can understand them, you can actually change the playback speed. And you can turn a forty-five minute podcast into thirty minutes. You can turn an hour podcast into you know. 45 minutes, whatever it happens to be, which, you know, is going to give you back that little bit of time to go and then go and implement the advice that you're listening to. Yeah. So on your podcast play bar, you can actually set the speed and that's on iTunes or whether you're listening on on a website. And in your videos up in the top left-hand corner, you can adjust the speed, slow it down or speed it up. I've never slowed anything down, but I've always sped it up. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Now, number five is one that I'd never heard of, but I actually really like the sounds of, and that's brain.fm. And this is like my number one productivity hack. I learned about this back in 2015, and I've used it every day since. So what Brain.fm is an app that plays music. It's a specific music that helps you improve your productivity. It helps you achieve and sustain deep focus. On the app, it says that it it brings um, high productivity within 15 minutes, but the longer you use it, the sooner you go into that zone. So within 60 seconds, I'm in a, a complete zone of absolute focus where I can just knock out work like nobody's business. So I use it whenever I'm writing or creating or, you know, whenever I want deep focus. And you can set the times whether you want a 30-minute sprint or a 60 or a 90 or two hours, whatever it is, it uses artificial intelligence. So it starts to pick up by you rating it after each listening, the particular tracks 
that you best respond to. So it starts delivering you the tracks that really get the best work out of. It's a little bit like a, a work meditation in many ways. I know you, when we were talking before, Sam, you, you mentioned that all of a sudden hours go on passing, like, oh, my music stopped. What, what happened? And yeah. You know, I've, I know when I've done meditation listening to music, the first, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, you're sort of all over the place. You've got all these other random thoughts coming into your mind, but then all of a sudden it all just blurs and then an hour later you're like, I'm awake. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Totally. Totally. Now, this particular app does help you go to sleep and it does help you. There is a meditate track and there's all sorts of different things. I'll be honest, I only use the productivity part of this app, but there is lots of different ways that you can use it, but totally recommend it. Now, your next hack is work in sprints. Now, we, we touched briefly on this before, both with Brain FM and time blocking, but talk yes. about what work in sprints means. Absolutely. Well, if you think about running on a track, it's much easier to run for hard for 100 metres and just get it done and then stop for a rest than it is to hit the track, especially if you haven't been training, and try and do 42Ks, right? When you're trying to run a marathon and it's getting a little bit hard, chances are, if I could create a visual, you're probably more likely going to be lying next to the track with your feet up thinking, I really don't want to get up and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Just complaining about how much your lungs are trying to rip yourself. Exactly. So working in sprints is working in short amounts of time where you just like turn off all distractions and you just go. Now, the amount of time that you work in your sprint depends on you. And I suggest that everyone is different here. I've heard people say it should only be 60 minutes or it should only be 90 minutes. I tend to work in two hour blocks because I find that if I finish my sprint a little bit early, it just my productivity stops and I just don't finish. But I also know other people that two hours is just too long. So just pay attention to where you're most productive in, in whatever time. Tim, do yeah. you work in sprints? It's always my intent to work in sprints, but <laughs> I, I, don't, I tend not to. I think what I've tried to do, and this is a little bit around um, how I book my meetings at, which is, which is something we're going to talk about in a sec, but always trying to either sort of focus on that one activity and then get away from it, like literally yes. step away um, before you get too much, I guess, mental fatigue, whatever that time is. And the thing about that mental fatigue and create, and particularly creative fatigue, I guess, is that it sneaks up on us and we're not really aware that it's actually starting to affect yeah productive we are and by almost forcing yourself into a sprint by you know, maybe putting an alarm on or, or using an app like Pomodoro or something to say stop what you're doing put that aside completely and either go on to another activity or have that sort of moment out where you get up walk around the office around you know walk around the block you know bust out 20 push-ups turn the TV on for a bit, whatever, you know, actually sort of just gets you out of that and refreshes your mental and creative energy to then go into the next task. Right? Totally. And it can be something completely different. It doesn't have to be back to that same task again. You can just put it down altogether and then come back to their fresh eyes. And I think we both have done plenty of times when we've done something in a sprint and then walked away from it and come back and gone, that was all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did discuss this before, right? You know, how many times, and, you know, think about it now, how many times have you created a piece of content, a blog post or a social media post, and you walk away from it and you come back and what you thought was perfect and finished, you actually edit. And it's about getting your mind off the train of thought that it was on, giving it a rest, coming back with a fresh perspective. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Now that really takes us into the next one, of course, working in sprints and actually taking us out. And interestingly enough, I guess you could put, you know, you know managing your email inbox as a bit of a sprint as well. But putting flight mode on, we've, we've loosely sort of termed all of this as flight mode. Yeah. And, and, and I like it when you did that. I'll, I'll give that to Tim. This was Tim's idea, calling it flight mode. And I thought, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, look, flight mode, I guess, I mean, everyone knows flight mode on your phone, right? It's when you turn that, you know, when you get onto a plane and, and it comes up with a little plane icon on your phone, but it means you can't, you know, generally can't browse the internet. You can't, unless you've got a Wi-Fi connection. You're not, it doesn't, it sort of cuts off all calls and cuts off that. And all the background app refresh, sometimes to preserve battery, but other times to actually reduce distractions. And we can do that sort of flight mode, I guess, mentality whenever we need to get focused on delivering a task. So, Certainly things like Brain FM will help us, but taking that flight mode thing one step further, so closing down your social media, turning off the notifications on your phone and on your desktop, closing down your email. In fact, possibly not even opening email until yeah. you know later points in the day and say, righto, I've got a couple of sprints that are time blocked into my day where I deal with my email. But when we do that, we actually stop the distractions and we stop this loss of productivity and focus by constantly shifting back and forth between things. Totally. I shut my Gmail tab. I shut all of my social media tabs. I really only keep open what I'm working on. So it's usually a Google Sheet or a Google Doc, that whatever I'm working on. And that's all that's open because those little notifications are sneaky. They make you open them. Here's the big fallacy, okay? We cannot multitask. No. I, no? I, I used to like to think that I could, but it's straight out I can't. <laughs> we cannot multitask. The brain is not designed to multitask on, on, on many different things. So what we'll actually do, we might be able to switch our focus very quickly between activities, but every time I switch our focus, again, we're losing that momentum between that focus on right. Our, our brain needs to come back up to speed on this new thing. It needs to go, where was I up to with this? What's the next thought? You know, I need to reconceptualize and bring all those kind of memories and thoughts back into the sort of conscious memory. And it does it really quickly. And that's where it gives us this sort of fallacy of being able to multitask and do lots of things at the same time. But again, every time we do that, we're losing that little bit of momentum and that little bit of productivity and a little bit of focus, you know, on the one thing that we were trying to get done. Totally. So flight mode on your phone and flight mode on your email and social accounts. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. So the next one, focus meetings on outcomes, not on time. Yeah, now this is one you've done for a long time. I know your one of your mentors, Tucky Moore, is is a big fan of this and you know, instills it in all of his students, I guess. Definitely um, where I learned it from. So not just meetings we might have for our team, but also for meetings that we would have with our clients. And it's, it's one of those things I think that we, we overlook at and we need to set the expectations with our clients is that we're not delivering on time, we're delivering on value and we're delivering on outcomes. So if you can set an expectation up front to say, look, you know, we've got, we've, we have allowed X amount today, but what we're going to focus on is delivering this outcome is how, how long that yep. takes. And if that outcome takes us 10 minutes, are you good to finish this call and just get on with it? Like who yeah. doesn't want to waste another 35 minutes? Seriously. Yeah. But a lot of times we'll get caught up in, okay, we've got 45 minutes together. We, we get to an outcome in 30 minutes and then, you know, our client will say, cool, so what else are we going to talk about? Well, it's just wasting time. <laughs> it really is. No, we're going to talk about what it is that you need to do to get this done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, about outcomes, not time. One of the other things I like to do is even when you've got hour allocated for a meeting, 
cut it short. Right? So make it 50 minutes. Right? So say, okay, and I know we've put aside an hour today, but let's let's make it, look, we've got 50 minutes today. So rather than, than having an hour, and that allows you to do those little sprints as well, but it allows you to sort of step up, get away from the computer or your phone or whatever else, get that little bit of refocus and then go into that next appointment fresh and vibrant. Absolutely. We're not in corporate, so we don't need to waste two hours having a meeting that achieves no outcomes. That's right. (laughs) You are not filling out your own timesheet. No, absolutely Um, not. Love it. If you you are, (laughs) please call. We can help you. (laughs) (laughs) But the last one, before we go into it, we both brought it up and then we both questioned ourselves and we had a little conversation about it. Do we put this in? Do we not? And then the conversation led us to, I believe, that this is probably the most important business hack. Part of that conversation was whether this is a business hack at all. Yes. And and we did have a lot of a conversation about this and it was a fantastic conversation. What is this last one, Tim? What is the number 10 business hack in today's list? We're talking about practicing gratitude. And when you first hear it, you think this isn't a business hack at all. However, I think when you're having... You know, those times where things are feeling not like they're going, like they're not going well or just life's getting on top of you. There is nothing to bring you out faster and to get you back on track and get you taking action than practicing gratitude. Yeah, this is one actually, um, one of the books I picked up recently, it's called Tools of the Titans. By Tim Ferriss. Which is a fantastic book and it's not, it's not like a chapter book where you sort of read it from front to back. You can kind of, I have it on my bedside table and there's lots of little short snippets from people who have been very successful in business that Tim Ferriss, who is, of course, the author of The 4-Hour Workweek, um, has put together as a bit of collaboration. You can sort of pick it up from anywhere and you just open up and you read like a one-paragraph thing, put it down, or you read two paragraphs and you put it down, you open up the book somewhere else, and that's how, well, I presume that it's supposed to be. No, well, that's how I, I'm reading it as well. Yeah, and, that's how it's supposed yeah. to be read. And, and, and one of the pages that, that I opened up onto recently was, was Practicing Gratitude. And they talked about at, at the end of every day, just thinking of three people in your world, two people you're close to, one person maybe you've lost connection with, and just, you know, wishing them some happiness. And just that creates that little bit of change of perspective. And ironically, you know, something that, that I've done for a long time that I never really realized was practicing gratitude is something that I do with my wife and I have done with our son pretty much most of the past 13 years since he was born. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, you know, every day just sitting down with him as we sort of, you know, put him to bed and saying, you know, what was the best part of your day? Yeah. Right? And just focusing on that one thing, even on a really shitty day, the one thing that was better than everything else that we can be a bit grateful for. That's what we did with our kids too. And it was, I just loved sitting around the table and hearing what they said. It's very, very important gratitude, practicing gratitude. Yeah. So that's all for today's episode. Of course, those 10, just quickly again, time blocking, using voice recording devices, um, being strategically lazy, using canned responses and Gmail hacks or filters, brain FM, listening to your videos and podcasts at one and a half speed, working in sprints, setting everything to flight mode when you're in your zone, focusing meetings on outcomes, and last but not least is practicing gratitude. Love it. What's your takeaway from today, Tim? I'm definitely going to be putting Brain FM on. I find sometimes that I don't, you know, turn off all the distractions. I leave my Gmail and my social media accounts open. And I think that combination of just working in sprints, you know, using a tool like Brain FM and just turning off a few distractions, I think will definitely increase my productivity 
now and I haven't been right on top of in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Brain FM's mm-hmm. great. And I'm looking forward to trying out otter.ai. I hadn't heard of it until you said it. So I love, I love bright, shiny objects. <laughs> I know, 600 minutes of transcription a month for free. I think that's a good thing to get onto. Absolutely, absolutely. So coming up next week, we're talking about getting back your mojo. It's that time of the year where we're right in the middle. We're far away from last Christmas. We've still got half a year to go before next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes things, you know, are not going as fast as what we'd hoped or, you know, you're just getting a bit tired. So we're going to talk about how to regain your mojo. I'm looking forward to that episode, Sam, because I think that's something that affects even the best of us. Absolutely. Time. Every single one of us. Guys, thanks for joining us today. If you liked today's episode, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Jump on to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast. And on the right-hand side, there's a, there's a button there. You can submit your questions or comments or we'd love to hear your feedback. And, of course, if you know someone who'd enjoy listening to this podcast too, we'd love for you to share it and, of course, subscribe on iTunes and uh, look forward to seeing you in future episodes. Absolutely. Thanks for a great episode today, Tim. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode, and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.